Good morning, guys. Welcome to Men's Roundtable. Glad you're joining in this morning. For those of you that are live, welcome. Those of you that watch the recording, glad you can tune in. We're coming to you live this morning from C Spire. Not as we would like to, but as we can under these continued quarantine situations. Uh, Phil was just asking, you know, how, how did it look for us being able to return to C Spire? And it's not going to be anytime soon, guys. I mean, with the numbers that are, that are up there now and still climbing, it's just not going to happen anytime soon. I'm curious to know what's going on with you these days. Uh, yesterday, I kind of found myself uh, averting from news coverage of an inauguration, an outgoing president, an incoming administration. I just wonder how many of you, uh, like I was tempted yesterday, felt the sand shifting under my feet. Just the change of administration, the change of what we thought we had to the change of what we think we might have. Putting our trust in man, putting our trust in the president, putting our trust in an administration. Certainly, we need to respect those individuals. We don't need to have repeats of what happened in the Capitol. We don't need to have repeats of burning cities and occupying city squares and, and city parks. That's all out there on the fringe. But where's your real strength? Are you standing on the shifting sand? Are you standing on the rock? As for me and my house, we choose to stand on the rock. Phil leads us again this morning into the promised land, moving from an area that was wilderness to a promise, God's promise. He fulfilled that promise by sending his son who died for our sins, reconciled us with the God and Father. Let's put our trust and faith in him. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to gather here. We thank you for the technology. We thank you for Jeff and Jeff and Chris. We thank you for those men that are joining in now. We thank you for Phil. We thank you for the men that'll, that'll join later in the recorded message. God be with each of us. We're certainly in troubled waters. We're in troubled times. But I know you are a foundation that is unwavering, firm, solid, promised, promise kept. Thank you for your son. Thank you for the resurrection. In his name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Morning, gentlemen. Glad you're tuned in. It's good to be in the C Spire room. I miss you. I wish you were here uh, with us, as um, as Joe said. But it is uh, good to be here and to remember uh, a time when we were all uh, together. But uh, glad you're tuned in this morning. I have a song for you this morning. Uh, the song is Little Lion Man by Mumford and Sons. And um, I stumbled onto this song, and uh, wow. Uh, you know, we wrote a book uh, called Lions Were Born to Roar. Uh, we talk a lot about being the lion. And this is Little Lion Man. Um, it's about a man who uh, thinks he should be more, uh, and yet he keeps hurting others instead of leading. Is that the, not the story of many of our lives? Um, he wants to be courageous, but he keeps making mistakes. He keeps messing it up. It's easy to blame others, but his relationships fail. Uh, the old adage is, everywhere I go, there I am. You know, if your relationships keep failing, what is the variable uh, that is constant? He's struggling in his failure to take responsibility. Uh, Jeff has started this playlist, this kind of man list, uh, Be the Man um, on Spotify. We add this this morning to our playlist, uh, man's search to be the godly man um, that God designed us to be. Little Lion Man by Mumford and Sons. May you hear the voice of God and may you open our hearts to what he has for us this morning. Little 
strong the words from first corinthians 16 13 joshua take the land be the man follow with me as we read our introductory paragraph this morning the book of joshua is the book of conquest the battlefield is canaan and it's where god keeps his promise that he made with abraham in this study in this series that we're doing we will take the land possessed by joshua and the people of israel as a metaphor to understand how we take possession of what it means to be a Christian man. We will examine 10 issues that men face every day. Each day is a battle to be faced with courage, strength, and faith. You must be courageous, will you? So this morning, what we're looking at is the, uh, the issue of identity. And I would ask you this question, who are you in your heart? I mean, the gospel talks about a new heart. And every day, uh, the critical issue to begin our day is, who are you? 
Um, who are you in your heart? What is your identity? Um, again, do you proclaim your identity relative to the family you grew up in? I'm a hardened, you know, or how about this? I'm a Tennessee fan. Boy, this is a rough time to be a Tennessee fan. Uh, that is not my identity. Uh, thank God. But again, it's this journey that Joshua gives us that God gives us through Joshua and we use it as a way to understand the promise of God developing maturity in us. And so we begin this morning. I have three questions for you. Uh, pick up your pen, go to work. I hope you've printed out your notes. Three questions. Journal. How do you prepare for each day? You know, the alarm goes off, whatever. Uh, you put your feet on the floor and, you know, stumble into the bathroom and do your deal in the bathroom and head to work. I would hope that there's a little more preparation because um, we need that. Um, and again, as we've said, especially uh, ever since we um, um, started battling the pandemic and the whole world changed for all of us, it's like every day I've got to start on my knees. I don't start with putting my feet on the floor per se, but either literally or figuratively, I start on my knees and we journal. And along those lines, how do you prepare? I, uh, I wanted to read to you. Um, I, I thought about this this morning in, in a lot of our time together. And, and um, I wanted to, to share with you my journal entry on Monday morning. Um, you know, I, I'm not the sharpest uh, knife in the drawer uh, by, by any means, but I think in the way that the, the world works, and as long as I've been at this, I would, I would be in the category, uh, un, uh, you know, uh, comically enough in some ways as a mature Christian. I've been, I've been at this. I am a leader. Um, I'm not the best leader, uh, but I'm kind of in that category. And, and so as I think about my own life and how broken I am, uh, if I'm, if I'm the measure of what a mature Christian is, it's like, oh my goodness, you know, you know, it's kind of like what WC Fields uh, said about being a member of a country club. He said, you know, any country club that would accept me, I don't even want to be a member of, uh, of that country club. And I, and I feel kind of the same way. And so, so I, I share honestly and humbly and vulnerably with you, my journal entry, um, this past Monday. January 18th, dear Lord, today is Monday, exclamation point. Hear the music in the background, you know, today is Monday. I feel the anxiety and fear rising up in me. All the things that I have not gotten done and all the things that need to be done seem to stand before me. I cry out today for fresh provision to face the day with strength and courage. I am not strong in myself. I need your power to face this day. And then I'm, I'm using Tim Keller's books, um, the, the devotional, the songs of Jesus going through the Psalm. And it just so happened uh, that Psalm 62, one through four was the reading for that day. And those four verses was about God being my rock. And it was like, God was speaking to me. We talk all the time about the need to listen, listen. And God said, Phil, I'm your rock. I'm your rock. Who we are, what's our identity is absolutely critical in the, in the beginning of each day. And so that second question, what is your identity? What is your identity? And I think every day we have got to as citizens of the, of the kingdom of God, we've got to proclaim that first and foremost, I am a follower of Jesus. Um, I am committed uh, to trusting God, uh, walking with Jesus, uh, Jesus being with me, uh, hearing Jesus. When I open the Bible, I'm not, I'm not reading like a John Grisham novel. When I open the Bible, I'm expecting to hear from the God of the universe. Uh, 
the, the scripture says that the word of God is alive. It's not just words on a page. It is the voice of God speaking. And just like what happened to me on Monday, when, when I read Psalm 62, one through four, it's like, wow, that's kind of really cool. That's what I needed. And that's what God gave me. My identity is who I am in Christ. And then question number three, I'd ask you, what is your purpose? Why do you exist? What are you really about? And, you know, I would say that what I'm about is to reflect the glory of God in everything that I do and everything that I say. (laughs) I don't do that nearly as well as I wish I did. Uh, I fail uh, consistently, but that's the purpose of my life. Um, And I want to be attuned to the music of God, not to the music of the world around me. Holy moly. It's like really, really bad, whatever bad music is to you, you know, to me, it's rap music. Now, some of you guys, especially younger guys are all about rap music. That's like fingernails on a chalkboard to me, you know, I'd, I'd rather listen to Frank Sinatra, you know, and I know Frank Sinatra would be like fingernails on a blackboard to you, but it's like, man, I've got to quiet my heart and hear the music of God. So let's dig in. Let's dig into Joshua. Joshua, who are you in your heart? So let's begin with our watchword uh, passage. We're going to keep reading this as we start. I love this passage. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. Follow with me. Strength, courage. You're going to lead this people to inherit the land that I promised to give their ancestors. And guys, I'm telling you every day personally, that, that is like a uh, mandate. That, that is like a directive. That's like your marching orders. To personalize that, Phil Harden, you're going to lead those people that I bring into your presence to inherit a promise that I want my people to have. You reflect that promise to them. That's the way I would write that personally. Give it everything you have, heart and soul. Make sure you carry it out, the revelation that Moses commanded you, every bit of it. Don't get off track, either left or right. Hmm, where would we hear that from? Hmm, interesting. So as to make sure you get to where you're going. And don't for a minute let this book of the revelation be out of your mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night, making sure... You practice everything written in it. Then you'll get to where you're going. Then you'll succeed. Haven't I commanded you? Strength, courage. Don't be timid. Don't get discouraged. God, your God is with you every step you take. Um, A story jumped into my mind. Um, Of course, I'm ADD. I I don't know if I told you this or or not, but I was sitting on my back patio with a client. I was doing a counseling session. And of course, you know, I'm I'm ADD. I'm never bored. I've got too much going on in my head. And I'm sitting there and and this guy is sitting across from me and a squirrel literally runs across my patio. And I go, squirrel. (laughs) No, really, really, really. I mean, it really happened. I was so validated. It was really a squirrel, you know. But even as I read that passage uh, now, uh, we had a great night, Tuesday night at Two Gun Tactical, guys not out. And one of the guys who, who may be listening uh, uh, and tuned in right now came up to me, and he, and, and he basically said in so many words, he says, you know, I have so much fear of believing that God could use me um, because I'm afraid that I'll fail or hurt somebody. I'm afraid to get married. I'm afraid to be in a relationship. I'm afraid to really trust God for the uh, purpose that he's called me to because I don't want to disappoint. And I know his story enough to where he um, lives with a father wound that's so deep because his father deeply, deeply disappointed, lied to him, hurt him, hurt him. And he's so afraid that he's going to do the same thing. And, I, you know, I told him, I said, you know, I said, what, what you want to do is be strong and courageous. 
And the difference in you and your dad right now is that you're, you're actually acknowledging your fear of hurting somebody. And all any of us can do is when we do hurt somebody, we take responsibility for it. And you grew up with a dad who did not take responsibility for his hurt. Be strong, courageous, go fulfill your purpose. Joshua 24. Again, we uh, began this morning with the end in mind. And man, as Joe alluded to, this passage is so important for us as we begin each day in our identity. Verse uh, 15, chapter 24. If you decide that it's a bad thing to worship God, then choose a God you'd rather serve and do it today. Choose one of the gods your ancestors worshiped from the country beyond the river. And the implication is parenthetically, it's like, and how'd that work out? Or one of the gods of the Amorites, and how'd that work out? On whose land you're now living? As for me and my family, we'll worship God. As for me and my family, we'll worship God today. Today, as I begin this day, as I begin on Monday, as I begin each day, I will worship God, follow God as best I know how. Now, guys, as we begin this, this session this morning, I just can't emphasize enough how much who we are, what is your identity, what is the purpose of your life. So ready to lead, Joshua. Turn over with me to Deuteronomy, and let's get a, a, a backdrop once again on Joshua. Deuteronomy chapter 34, I think Jeff's got it, probably got that flashed up on the screen for you. Joshua, uh, Deuteronomy 34 verse 9, um, um, Moses um, has preached his last sermon. And, and as we talked about last week, all through Deuteronomy, you could easily miss it. But, but everything that Moses uh, uh, does, Joshua's right by his side. Joshua's by his side. Joshua's by his side. He is being discipled. He's being mentored. And Joshua um, is proclaimed uh, in this way, portrayed this way in verse 9 of Deuteronomy 34, Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to an ordination service. Pretty special. A man called into special ministry. We all are called. Every one of us are called. It's just that we don't go through an ordination service. We probably could and should in many ways to have brothers lay their hands on us, uh, on us. And we've done that many times, many times at deer camp is a guy that's hurting and we all gather around him and we lay our hands on him uh, and we ordain him in a sense, in, in a sense um, to be empowered to walk with God. And that's what Moses had done with Joshua. The people of Israel listened obediently to him and did the same as when God had commanded Moses, he transferred that leadership. Now, I want you to turn over just a couple pages over to Deuteronomy 31 and listen to part of Moses' sermon. Deuteronomy 31, the first eight verses, Moses went on and addressed these words to all Israel. He said, I'm 120 years old today. That's my goal, to still be men's round table when I'm 120. Amen. Halfway there. <laughs> I can't get about as I used to. And God told me, you're not going to cross the Jordan River. You're not going to be the one. God, your God, will cross the river ahead of you and destroy the nations in your path so that you may oust them. And then the, this is the key part. And Joshua will cross the river before you as God said he would. Now, imagine Joshua again. He's been the uh, um, mentoree. Uh, all through Moses' life. And Moses is given this sermon. He says, you know, I'm not going to be the one to lead you. You know, it's going to be Joshua. 
And God, Josh was standing there and hearing that. And God will give the nations the same treatment he gave the king of the Amorites, Sean and Og, and their land, and he'll destroy them. God will hand the nations over to you, and you'll treat them exactly as I've commanded you. And then, and then listen to this part and see if this sounds familiar. These are Moses' words. Be strong. Take courage. Don't be intimidated. Don't give them a second thought because God, your God, is striding ahead of you. He's right there with you. He won't let you down. He won't leave you. And then Moses summoned Joshua, and he said to him with all Israel watching, be strong. Take courage. You will enter the land with this people, this land that God promised their ancestors that had given them. You will take them the proud possessors of it. Or you will make them the proud possessors of it. God is striding ahead of you. He's right there with you. He won't let you down. He won't leave you. Don't be intimidated. Don't worry. Every day, every day, every day, every day, don't be intimidated. I mean, Moses' words, what does that sound like? Sounds like the passage that we just read out of Joshua, does it not? It's like, how we remember and what we remember every day. Don't forget who you are. What's your identity? Who are you? You know, again, as that passage says, don't lean to the left and don't lean to the right. Hmm, I love that. You know, who are you? Who are you? On your notes, and I, and I love this, is a long list of the preparation. And so what, 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 what Joshua had to do, of course, is he had to decide, today, who will I follow? It's a decision. It's an act of the will. No matter how much Moses had poured in to Joshua, it came down to Joshua deciding who he was. What's my identity? What's my identity? And he had to put that identity on every day. And then the way he was able to make a good decision is there was preparation, preparation. It just didn't come out of a vacuum. I, I love what somebody said uh, years ago. They said, you know, when somebody comes to Christ, what we really need to do is lock them up for a year um, and train them and don't let them out until they've got some sense. Because it's just like, you know, they've got just enough of Jesus to be dangerous. It's really cool. I mean, a young Christian wants to tell everybody about Jesus. That's great. But it's like, dude, you know, they've not been to where you've been. You know, they've not seen what you've seen. And it's just like we need to be going, we need to go through a process. And, and one of the things that just really kind of irritates me about God is that somehow God's got this idea that he wants me to, to uh, mature and become the man of God through a process. I mean, who came up with that? It's like every day, the circumstances that are in your life are tools in the hand of God to mold us. The preparation that Joshua went through um, God will not tolerate rebellion against himself. He learned that true power is the power of God. He learned that God is always present and involved. He learned through the process that sin is terrible, especially among the people of God. He learned that merely using the name of God is not sufficient. Um, uh, it's like God's not a rabbit's foot. Um, God can and will guide. God's glory is to come first. He learned that God cannot be bound by man-made rules. He learned that a man of God must stand and trust God, even if it's against others. And he learned that no one is indispensable, not even Moses, yet each person is important and unique. Wow, that's quite a training. But guys, when we take this model of Joshua that God gives us, and we move into manhood, we have got to realize and expect being attacked. And we are under attack every day, whether it's just, you know, the circumstances that are part of your little family and part of your, uh, the, the weeds in your garden, uh, or we look globally and more macro at our nation. We're under attack. There's no doubt. Um, if, if I had the time, 
I, I would give you uh, the words of uh, Paul David Tripp this morning. So I don't have the word, I don't have the time, obviously, but I would refer you to my Facebook. I just, I hadn't posted anything on Facebook, you know, in years. And this morning I posted Paul David Tripp's 15 minute message on where we are as a nation. It is so wonderful because he anchors us back into the gospel of God that I'm a citizen of heaven. You've got to listen to uh, Paul David Tripp. Um, again, I'm, uh, I'm a plagiarizer. I'm a, a curator, as my wife calls me. I just want to give you a good resource. Um, but he does what I believe to be, and, and, and I would certainly agree with him, this is where you need to be anchored just in the gospel and not be so overly identified politically. It's, 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 it, it's too much of a reach in terms of who we are, in terms of truly citizens of heaven. So I would reference that for you. But there's no doubt that there are forces that are against us. Forces. Now I want you to turn over to 1 John chapter 2. At Men's Roundtable, through the years, we've, we've read this passage a number of times, but it's important uh, to be reminded of this. First uh, John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17 says this, Don't love the world's ways. What's your identity? You know, it's, it's not about being from Mississippi or Alabama or Tennessee, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm proud of all those things, you know, proud of all those things, but you know, I don't belong to this world. I don't, don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the father. And, and again, you know, I know, you know, the right answer. Most of us do. Do you love the world? No, I don't love the world. I, you know, I'm a Christian. I love it. No, but I mean, what, what do your actions show? I mean, what do you talk about? What, what are you preoccupied with? You know, from our heart um, comes out of our, what, what's in our heart comes out of our mouth. What, what do you talk about? Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. The world and all it's wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. Again, forces all around us. Who are you? What is your identity? And, you know, the wonderful thing, no matter how much we're under attack and all the forces of this world against us, is that we have the promises of God that we hope in. And Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says that Jesus came to set us free. Do you feel free? I do. I do. I feel free. Not because I live in America, which I'm very glad that I am but because I'm a citizen of, of the king. You know, one of the things that I thought about in, of, in light of all the chaos going on around us nationally, isn't it interesting that most of the Bible was given to God followers uh, under a uh, less than perfect government? I mean, think. I mean, the Christian church was established under the Roman Empire. It's not like they, you know, had the best of governments. And so much of the Old Testament prophets are telling the people how to live and, and trust God under Babylonian and Assyrian rule. It's like, be careful not to over-identify uh, with what's going on in the world or a political party or a football team. I mean, look at me. I'm a Tennessee fan. I'm, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble. It's going to be a long season. Humbled. I'm humbled. Um, I want to show you a clip, man. I mean, you know, all the Rocky movies, we love the Rocky movies. Why do we love the Rocky movies? Because the reason that we love the Rocky movies is because it's like the little guy kills Goliath. It's David and Goliath brought into contemporary form. 
And there's this great clip in uh, Rocky Balboa. I don't, I don't know if this is the second one or the third one or the fourth one or the fifth one or the ninth one. I, I, I've lost track. But it's a great scene. And I want you to listen to um, what is said at the end of the scene. It's a great scene. Be strong. Be courageous. It's like Joshua in the ring. It's like you and I preparing on a Monday morning. Watch this. Taco! The last round of your life! Come on, guys. The last round! Come on. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. You went crazy old man. You'll get tired. Let's go. Tenth round of a scheduled ten. Who would ever have dreamed that Rocky Balboa would still be in this, quote, exhibition against the heavyweight champion of the world? You can do it! Come on! This fight is as though Dixon got on-the-job training and courage. Cover up! They're both in a pain freeze zone. These guys are fighting in another dimension right now. Unbelief. Balboa just walking straight into Dixon's punches. Target practice for Dixon. They're exchanging when it comes. Balboa's drilled. Here comes Dixon. He's exhausted. He's punching the man. Knock this bum out, Mace. we love that don't we i mean we love watching rocky win and you're walking out of the arena and even your opponent uh your enemy uh the bad guy looks over at you and says you got heart you got heart um be strong be courageous Guys, it is so important, I believe, in as much as any time in my life, that when we start every day, every Monday, we have got to figure out who we are, who we're fighting for, and what we're fighting against. And if we're fighting against each other, we have missed the boat. We have missed the boat. Part, part of, I believe, all of our struggles is we have lost sight of the dignity of life in general. You know, we have dehumanized each other. And then we just fight. But it's like, no. You know, all of life is precious. 
And so what we are called to, guys, is what we're called to is character and then our conduct. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Talk is cheap. Show me. Show me. Um, we can all say lots to our wives, lots to our children, lots to each other, but it's our actions that really reveal our character. I'm doing a series right now in Friday morning uh, in our Real to Real, our Friday morning group in Fairhope, and we're doing a whole series on character. Um, I love it. I love it. It's, it's the idea of our character um, has got to be ever-growing and increasing. And, and on Tuesday night at Two-Gun Tactical, we talked about that and how all the circumstances of our life um, is, is orchestrated by God, sovereignly placed in our life as a means to build character, not as a means to give us pleasure or as a means to irritate us, um, but to build character in our lives. But we've got to get in tune with the words of what um, God said to Samuel, the prophet, um, when he talked about Saul's heart, a man's heart. I want you to look at 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. And this is, this is where God comes to uh, Samuel, the prophet. Um, and he's talking about Saul, and, he, and, 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 and God says to Samuel, he says this, he says, looks aren't everything. And Scripture is very clear that Saul was one of the best-looking guys. He, he would have been on the cover of GQ um, if it was a modern-day um, scenario. Good-looking guy, had the best of everything. Looks aren't everything. Don't be impressed with his looks and his stature. I've already eliminated him. I've already marked him a loser. God judges persons differently than humans do. Men and women look at the face. God looks into the heart. Don't ever forget that. Who are you in your heart of hearts? You know, all of character is built on the foundation of humility. Um, a humble man is a growing man. And a humble man is willing to ask for help and is willing to acknowledge failure. That's just like my friend that I was just mentioning earlier that came to me on Tuesday night. And I love this guy, one of our um, guys from Deer Camp. Just a great guy. And as long as you're willing to acknowledge your failures and to be teachable, um, to be um, told of your failure, all we have to do is own it. Confess it. Tell it. Tell your story. Being men of the heart. Um, I want to show you a clip, another clip. I'll show you another clip this morning that is so cool. I was I, uh, before church on Sunday morning. Um, I typically watch the CBS uh, Morning News news magazine. You know, I'm always looking for new material and l learning and growing. And and um, I love uh, Steve Hartman's uh, piece. And he did a piece on a on a guy in Louisiana named Gene. I want you to meet Gene this morning. Um, and the whole reason I'm um, uh, uh, playing this for you is I want you to hear what is said about Mr. Gene by the daycare provider. Now, it all makes sense, obviously, uh, if I'd shut up and show it to you. Uh, but watch Mr. Gene and what the daycare uh, uh, provider says about Mr. Gene. Watch this. On to Steve Hartman and the story of how youth can bring sunlight to the elderly living in shadows. 
Whoa! 91-year-old Gene McGee couldn't believe his good fortune. When he stepped outside his house in Vidalia, Louisiana this past week, Look at that. he discovered a bunch of kids from the daycare across the street Try to get that ball from him. willing Try to get it. and wanting to include him in their fun. Hey there. He also met the daycare teacher, What's your name? Megan Nunez. Every day I cross the street and we meet again. And your name? It's Megan. Meet again. Megan. Every day, Megan. for three years now, Gene has been meeting Megan, Megan for what yeah. he thinks to be the very first time. My name is Gene. Gene, Mr. Gene. Yeah. Now, who was that? Gene has severe dementia. Well. He can barely remember his own face. I don't know who that is. That's you. His daughter, Kathy, says he also suffered from loneliness. Until those daycare kids came into his life. Here, Mr. Gene. Oh, my goodness. They have been such a blessing to Daddy, and he lights up. For about an hour, every afternoon, Gene and the kids bask in each other's company. And although the night will erase every memory of the day, and a fog will smother every echo of laughter, something will remain in the recesses of his mind something will beckon him back whenever he hears the children playing. He just goes right to the front yard. And he remembers that this is going to be a joyful thing. Exactly. If he goes outside. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of inexplicable. Because it's love. And you know, everybody responds to love. How are you doing? I'm good. Megan says it's almost like an instinct. I'm Gene. We always tell the kids, that his brain is kind of sick, but his heart always remembers us. Mr. Dean! Dementia can rob so much, but apparently acceptance and compassion What's your best move? are unforgettable. <laughs> wow. Guys, I, I'm telling you, that is the gospel in a simple story of Mr. Dean. Uh, the words of Megan, the daycare worker. His mind is kind of sick, but his heart always remembers us. His mind is kind of sick, but his heart always remembers us. Guys, I, I think that's the gospel. Every day I get up and my mind's kind of sick, but I need to remember to be strong and courageous. You know, Mr. Gene, uh, I love that, you know, he, he can't remember even who he is. He, he doesn't know who he is, but he remembers those kids and he remembers the love and the joy. And he remembers, uh, as Joe just said, he remembers how to dance. He remembers the joy of those kids. Is that not the way? the gospel works. I mean, I get up every morning and, uh, you know, I'm, as I've said to you before, I think I'm a deist. I think I'm an atheist. I don't know. I'm, my monkey brain's working. I'm crazy. And I've got to get myself anchored into the day and get on my knees, literally or figuratively, and decide. Because I've had a lot of preparation. I've had a lot of wonderful men pour into me. And I've got to decide afresh who am I? And then I start to remember who I am. And I read God's word and I'm reminded who I am. I want you to look at Psalm chapter eight, just as we wrap up. Psalm, uh, Psalm chapter eight, Psalm, Psalm, eight. Uh, Psalm chapter eight. I love this. Um, this is who you are. This is who I am. God, brilliant Lord, yours is a household name. Nursing infants gurgle choruses about you. Toddlers shout the songs that drown out enemy talk and silence atheist babble. And then here's what our lives are about. I look up at your macro skies, dark and enormous, your handmade sky jewelry, moon and stars mounted in their settings. And, and I don't see those at night, night. I, I'm an early riser. I see those in the morning. I, I see those at 4.30 and 5 when I get up. And I love the morning sky. 
Why do you bother with us? Why do you bother with me? Why take a second look our way, my way? And here's my identity. Yet you so narrowly missed being God's bright with Eden's dawn light. I've just missed being a God. I, I am royalty. I am a child of the king. Uh, I, I am a representative of God on earth. I believe that every person that comes into my presence smells Jesus. Not because of me, but because of what God has done in me. You put us in charge of your handcrafted world, repeated to us your Genesis charge, the creation mandate, go rule, subdue, and have dominion. Make us stewards of sheep and cattle, even animals out in the wild, birds flying and fish swimming, whales singing in the ocean deeps. You have done so much, and yet you have made me almost a God, a little God. Now, that's not to breed arrogance in you or me. That ought to humble us like, wow, I'm special. It's like those of you who are grandfathers and, and, and dads of little ones. When you look down at that little one, or you get down on your knees and you say, you know, you're my little man. You, you're my princess, sweetheart. And those eyes look up and say, wow, really? And that's the way we are to begin each day. Who are you? What is your identity? What will you identify with? His mind is kind of sick, but his heart always remembers us. Sakar, the remembering one. Who are you in your heart? Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the pictures, uh, the three-dimensional view um, of what you have done to bring us into relationship with you. The picture of, of Joshua, uh, the picture in a movie of Rocky Balboa being a fighter in the ring with heart, Mr. Gene. Thank you, Lord, for your picture. And most of all, we thank you for the gospel that has redeemed us. Thank you for Jesus, in, in whose name we pray. Amen. Guys, have a great week. See you next week.